The host of this podcast lived a life that included 52 trips to Las Vegas to bet on baseball for a living. A life that included selling over $1.5 million worth of bootleg DVDs and lost it all. A life that included being sued by the NFL for $10 million. A $119,000 tax lien. House in foreclosure. No job. Divorced. An emotional wreck. Living on government assistance. And finally on the floor with a gun to his head. And now he's risen from the ashes. From the ashes. And turned it all around. This is the League King Podcast with Russ Ward. Tactics and strategies to grow your digital marketing business. Get clients and produce amazing results. Russ will teach you strategies that he used to build himself up from one of the lowest points of his life. Now, with a thriving, growing business that just had its first $30,000 month... He can teach you to go from zero to $10,000 a month and more. This is the Lead King Podcast, and this is Russ Ward. Welcome once again to the Lead King Podcast. My name is Russ Ward. I am the Lead King, and I am your host. And today I will be discussing the parallels between picking up a client and picking up a woman. So if you are a woman, you may or may not relate to this. However, you probably will relate to the phases of men picking you up. And if you're a man, you're probably going to greatly relate to this, especially if you are a digital marketer and you're a guy who's single who has been on the dating market for at least a little while. Uh, The reason I'm doing this is because I've actually had some recent experiences where the parallels have been almost identical. And I'm going to get into what I mean by that. So why I'm making this podcast today is because I have noticed in the dating market, which I'm in, and I've also noticed in the digital marketing market where I'm always looking for new clients, obviously, because I'm a business owner. And if you do not take the proper steps to quote unquote, pick somebody up as far as picking up a woman or picking up a new client, you're going to mess it up from the beginning. And a lot of times you hear the phrase, nice guys finish last. And you know, some people will debate that because they want to be a nice guy or they want to be with a nice guy. But the truth of the matter is, if you're a nice guy, if you're a pushover to the point of, you know, you just give in to everything that somebody wants or demands from you, well, you are going to lose a lot of the time. And so I just want to give you an example of some things that I experienced recently. So in the marketing business, when you get started out, obviously you are a nobody in the realm of marketing, right? I started out as just freelancer, Russ Ward, who happened to have a real estate license. And I happened to post in a lot of groups that were real estate related. And I offered to help people for free. I offered to help people for a video testimonial in exchange for me running their ads, or I offered to help them as time went on for a low price. Sometimes I was working for as low as $50 to set up somebody's ads. And then I you know, ramped it up to like $200 sometimes. And so at the very beginning, I was doing a lot of work. I was getting a lot of really great results. And some of the people I was doing this work for, I didn't realize how big of a deal they were. And basically, they could afford to pay for anything they wanted to buy. They just 
kind of saw this new up and coming guy who kind of sounded like he knew what he was talking about. And they're like, screw it. I'll, I'll take a chance on this guy. And quite honestly, after they realized how good I was at what I did, they took advantage of me as what they did. So a lot of my initial clients were actually people who were very big brokers in some cases. They were making a lot of money and they were paying me like 50 bucks, right? So time goes on. And not only do I keep in touch with a lot of these people, but they never end up really paying me because the original work I did for them is still working to this day. Some of the stuff like three years later is still producing results for, for some of these people. And they got to the point where they could tweak it and they could figure it out and they didn't really need me. So they didn't need to start paying me what I was worth to keep those, you know, those ads running and, and keeping the money coming in for them. But they would keep in touch with me and I actually became friends with a few of them. But what ends up happening, because I was the quote unquote nice guy in the beginning, and obviously you have to be the nice guy and you have to work for free in the beginning, you know, or you're just not going to make a name for yourself, is that over time, they would come back to me and they would want more stuff. If I had something new I was doing that hit like, hey, that hit me up, that asked me about it and they'd want it. And of course, they would want it for free or they would want it for cheap or they simply wouldn't want to pay the price I was asking because when I originally quote unquote picked them up, I was working for free. I was the nice guy. I was doing it for a video testimonial. So at that point, they felt entitled to my continued free work and my continued cheap labor, even though I was absolutely worth a whole lot more. And the thing is, is they didn't even realize this. And I see a parallel for that in dating as well. Once you set a standard with somebody, they continue to go with that standard. So my standard with these initial clients was, hey, this is going to be free or cheap, and I'm going to give you great results. That's the best of all worlds for them, right? When you're dating somebody, specifically a woman, if you're a man, uh, I'm a straight man, so I can't relate to what somebody dating gay men would be or gay women dating gay women would be, but I'm talking about a heterosexual man dating a, a heterosexual woman, right? And if you start the interactions out with like being the nicest guy in the world, you know, you're on the first date, maybe you made her on, met her on a dating app, maybe you met her at your office and you asked her out, if you show up to to that first date with like flowers and you take her out to uh, a wine and dine me expensive dinner and you're just like google eyed for her and no matter what she says it's just the greatest thing you ever heard even if you don't agree with it you're setting that same expectation like i set with these original clients she's like oh this guy will give me anything i want i can say anything i want i can be however i want and he'll just take it just because he's in my presence. Now, there's a little bit of a difference in business. Obviously, there's a profit motive, right? And in dating, I mean, there's a different kind of a motive. We all have different types of motives. Some people just want sex. Some people want relationships. Some people want to get married, but there is always a motive. You don't just ask somebody out on a date so you can just sit there and be like, oh, it's really nice to be out on a date. Nobody does that. When if they do, they, I don't know why. I mean, that to me sounds ridiculous. So I don't believe that it has ever worked out in the history of humankind where you, if you are quote unquote, too nice to anybody in business, in dating, in day-to-day -day life, like if you're the pushover, people are going to push you over. They're going to take advantage of you. They're going to screw you every way. And a lot of times this happens, even if these are good people, because it's human nature. Humans are, humans are inherently flawed. All of us, I'm flawed. You're flawed. We're all flawed. And we do tend to take advantage of other humans if they give us the opportunity to do that. So let me give you a couple of examples here of what I'm talking about. So two specific clients that I had when I was brand new in the marketing business that I did free work for, I've stayed in touch with them for a long time. I've talked to them over messenger. I, We've become friendly over time. But every time I come out with something new, both of them say to me, hey, I want to know what that is. 
but they don't want to pay for it. They want it for free, or they want to be a trial person, or they want to be a beta tester or whatever. By this time, they know my results. I have hundreds of reviews, tons of video testimonials. Everybody that knows me and who's in my ecosphere knows that I know what I'm doing and that I'm worth the money that I that I charge. Yet the people who have been with me the longest, who I've been the quote unquote nicest guy to, these people expect the most free stuff from me. And the reason for that is how I started out in the beginning. I was the nice guy. However, let me tell you a story of a couple of people that I started working with recently, because for a long time, I wasn't really charging my worth. For a long time, I had it in my head that I wasn't worthy of the higher prices that other people were getting for the same work I was doing, and they were getting not as good results as me. So for example, I do something where I set up Facebook ads, I set up automations, I, I set up everything for somebody. I set them up completely for success. And all they really have to do is wait for somebody to reply to an automatic text message and they jump into the conversation. They can set an appointment. They close a deal very easily. And I'm talking about, I do this in three different niches, the same concept. I do this in real estate. I do this in mortgage and I do this in solar. I set it up. So everything is completely automated for the client. All they have to do is wait for the alert. Hey, this person's ready to talk to you. And that is a very valuable thing because when any of those people close a deal, real estate, mortgage, or solar, they're going to make a significant commission. And that's why I picked those niches partly. I mean, partly because I was involved in those niches personally, and I know how to speak the lingo and I know what I'm talking about. But I like to be in niches where when somebody closes a deal, they can make a lot of money so they can get a nice return on their investment. I want it always to be a profitable venture for everybody. Now, not everybody's like that. A lot of, a lot of people out there, a lot of marketers specifically are like, hey, give me $5,000 and there's no refunds. And if I don't get you results, then it sucks to be you. That's not me, man. I don't always guarantee results. And the reason I don't do that is because I can't guarantee your work ethic. I can guarantee that I'm going to bring in the leads I say, the appointments I say, whatever promise I make, I will guarantee that I'll put that in writing and I'll give you a refund if I don't come through. However, I can't guarantee you're going to close a deal. I can't guarantee you're not going to screw it up. Once you get the deal, there's a lot I can't guarantee. So I don't guarantee results ever because I can't guarantee your work ethic and I can't guarantee your, your skills, to be honest with you. Okay. So in that case, we every time I come out with something new, they, they want it for free. So I started working with some new people recently. And rather than charging the you know one-time $500 to $1,500 setup fee I would do for that, and then not ever charging somebody monthly again, I just started charging what I was worth. And check this out, how interesting this was. So where I used to have to fight with people to get $500 to $1,500 because they saw me as I don't know, low ticket, low ticket Russ, low ticket lead king, maybe. And maybe because I put that low ticket number out there, they're like, ooh, this guy's not really worth that much, right? They would fight with me and they would be a difficult client and they would treat me bad. It was like a bad relationship almost. But hey, man, I needed the money. I needed to keep the doors open. I needed to keep the business running. I needed to pay the mortgage and pay the car payment. We're all in the same boat, right? No matter how good you get at anything, you have to pay the bills and you have to bring in money. So what did I do? I took the money that they offered me and I took the abuse. We all do it at some point. You know, some people rise above it and, and they can selectively choose their clients because, you know, they're so good and they're so well known. But not all of us are to that level. And some of us hover back and forth between it sometimes, depending on what's going on in our business and what's going on in our lives. So recently I, I did an experiment with five calls I had in a row. And all five of them, I, I said to myself before the call, no matter what happens, if I decide I want to work with this person, I'm going to make them an offer and I'm actually going to charge what I'm worth in this case. And all five of them, I charged them $5,000. And it may have still been a little bit less than I was worth in those cases. However, all five of them said, yes, I will do it. They didn't fight with me. 
They didn't treat me like crap like the other people were were doing at the lower ticket price. They could see that I knew my worth and they were convinced that I knew what I was talking about. And it was because it was a new person. It was a new expectation. It was the way I carried myself, handled myself. I had frame control. And for those of you who are not familiar what frame control is, frame control is just being in control of yourself. This is who I am. This is the confidence I have in myself. And I'm going to let you into my frame, which is my world. If you agree to the rules of being in my world, and we should all do that, by the way, we should all have rules of being in our world. So if you want to be part of my world in business, you're going to have to, number one, pay the price of admission. And that price of admission in these cases was $5,000. And if you don't want to pay that price of admission, that's fine. We're not going to negotiate, but you will pay it to get in. That's your ticket price of entry into my frame. And once you're in the doors, you're going to have to follow my rules. You're going to have to do it my way because you're paying me and you're paying me. You might as well let me do what you're paying me to do. You're going to have to follow up. You're going to have to do all the things that we agree to or else you're not going to get results and you're definitely not getting a refund because you didn't put in the work. And once I set high expectations like that and I started charging more what I was worth and I carried myself as such, some people would call that carrying yourself as an alpha as opposed to a beta. People started to see me as more worthy than they saw me before. I wasn't poor little Russ, who was a, a new guy in the business, and I was begging for testimonials and, and people to give me an opportunity. I was a seasoned professional that knew my worth, that knew I could get results, and I carried myself as such. And that's why people pay me now. And I didn't always do that. So to back this up and give you an example, there were people that from my beginning, and also, by the way, there was a lot of people from when I started and I was doing free work for, they were just so obnoxious. They would keep on hitting me up time after time after time for more free stuff, more free stuff, more free stuff that I I probably had to block like, I don't know, 50 people, 50 people who obnoxiously kept on demanding more free stuff from me. And it, it was crazy. By the way, it was mostly realtors for you realtors out there. Uh, you can be some of the most obnoxious people on, on the planet earth. Uh, not so much the the mortgage people. I tend to, to have a much more professional relationship with them. And solar people were like 50-50. My God, you, know, you, you realtor people really need to start self-policing yourselves because you can be some pretty obnoxious people. And I think you would admit that. So anyway, a whole bunch of people from my beginnings where I was acting kind of like a beta in terms of, oh, please give me attention. Please give me money. As opposed to more recent people who I'm like, hey, I know my worth. You have to pay your price. You have to pay my price of admission to even, even get into my world. And if you don't even want to talk about that, then, then we have nothing to talk about here. The people from the beginning always expected more and they always wanted to treat me badly. The people now who I say, look, this is what it is. You don't want to do it. That's fine. They always treat me well. And even if they tell me no, and some of them do tell me no, they treat me with respect. They say, listen, I understand your value, but I just can't afford it. And that's fair. Some people can't afford things and they're not ready for it. You're not ready to scale a business if you don't have any money in the bank to pay for marketing. You're going to have to do organic things. You're going to have to go and knock on doors. There's no shame in that. We all started there. But at least they're honest now and they don't treat me like I'm just their little puppy dog that wants a pet on my head. So let's compare this to picking up women. I recently did an experiment and some of you are going to think I'm an asshole for this, but I don't care. I recently did an experiment because I thought women were the same way. And I I've done a lot of research on the psychology of women, and I think I got into some of this in previous podcasts of how I have a friend who teaches men to pick up women for a living, and he charges them $3,000 for a weekend. And these guys come in basically brand new for whatever their reason. They never learned how to talk to girls when they were younger, and now they're grown up men, and they have no self-confidence when talking to women. They pay him to teach them 
how to pick up women. It's very interesting. I met him at a poker table in Las Vegas, ended up doing some marketing with him. And uh, I actually traveled around the country and went to a few of these quote unquote boot camps where he teaches this stuff. So I learned a lot about women's psychology during this time. And one of the things I learned was that the truth of the matter is, and you know, a lot of you are going to debate me on this, especially you, you ladies out there who are listening to this, is nice guys truly do finish last. Always. Always. And you can tell me all day long, nice guys don't finish last, but they do. At least, at least in the short term, maybe in the long term, you know, when a nice guy dies, somebody will say something nice about him and his eulogy at his funeral, but he's not going to be alive to see that. He's not going to care. He's going to be dead. Okay. So I did an experiment based on some of this knowledge and based on some of my dating experiences. And I was the nice guy. I held doors open. I put the, the car door open and closed and helped her get into the car. I held her hand. I walked on the side of the road that is safe for the lady to be on the inside. I did everything you could do to be a sweet, kind gentleman to five dates in a row. And guess what happened on those five dates? I'm not going to tell you yet. Then I had five other dates and I did this for a reason. I did five and five because I knew that you know one or two was too small of a sample size. And I, I mixed ethnicities. I had black girls. I had white girls. I, I think I even um, had an Asian girl. And I would I purposely mixed this up because I didn't want it to just be one race or, or one you know, just kind of woman, like one type of professional or nurses or whatever. I, I purposely mixed it up as best I could. That's what I did with five of them. I was the perfect gentleman. And then I had another five where quite honestly, I was as much of a jerk as I could be without going overboard. I didn't do anything like that. I didn't hold any doors. I, I just did nothing as a gentleman. I, I was, I didn't really care what they were talking about. I kind of ignored everything they said. I, and then I just talked about what everything I wanted to say. And I just kind of dismissed everything they said. And, and I was just a cocky jerk. And I talked about me and I bragged. And guys, honestly, for those of you who know me, that's not really who I am. I like to be nice to people. I care about people. I, I love to help people. And quite honestly, I didn't feel good about doing that. I, it made me feel kind of icky to be the quote unquote bad guy when I was on dates. But I really wanted to figure this shit out. So here are the results. The five people, the five women that I was a gentleman to, you know, because women say, I just want a guy who's nice to me. I just want a guy who's going to treat me well, right? Those five women, every single one of them lost interest and ghosted me or told me they didn't want to talk to me anymore within just a few days. It's like, you're a really nice guy, Russ. I'd love to stay friends, but this wouldn't work as far as dating or relationships. Okay. Keep that in mind for a minute. Now here's the interesting part. So with the five women that I was a jerk to, I was an asshole to them. I, I, I wouldn't take it as far to say I was a savage asshole, but I was, I was very borderline between being a jerk and an asshole and, and, and taking it way up to the line in some cases, because I really wanted to see the results of this. Okay. So here's what happened. One of them told me to fuck off. You don't treat me like that. She had some self-respect and she's had some self-esteem. She probably had done a lot of personal self-work and she's like, I I'm just not letting anybody treat me like this. Good to that woman. I totally appreciate that. And I respect her. I should have told her what was up and I, I should have tried to date her is what I should have done because she seemed like a normal, healthy human. But by then I had already blown that by, by doing this experiment. Okay. The next two, two of them went crazy. Two of them would not stop blowing up my phone. They wanted to know when they could see me again. Uh, they wanted to know all about my life. They were inviting me to things. They wanted to know if I could have a lunch with them during the day. And then there was two more. These two actually asked me to have sex with them in their, in their car. Okay. They're like, I don't know what it is. I'm so turned on. I don't always do this. I don't ever do this, but do you want to go in my car and have sex? Like both of them flat out asked me to have sex in their car. So let's, let's compare and contrast this, right? Women say they want the nice guy and you do everything you can. You'd be the perfect gentleman. And guess what happens? 
they ghost you. You'd be a total obnoxious jerk. You'd be cocky. You'd be, you basically just be, hey, I'm the coolest shit ever and I don't really give a shit what your opinion is. They go crazy for you. And that relates to clients as well. And that's that's why I'm bringing this onto the Leaking Podcast because it's it was something that I just noticed as a correlation. Whereas with clients, if you're too nice to them, they're going to treat you bad. They're going to demand free stuff. They're never going to pay you what you're worth. And eventually you're going to have to block them or they're going to they're gonna block you and ghost you. Now, I don't treat clients bad. Okay. I, I didn't go obnoxious on clients because obviously I wanted to do business with them and, and you can't do business with somebody that, that you've been an obnoxious asshole to. However, I was just very stern with these people. If they gave me any shit at all, I'd just come back and say, look, I'd do the takeaway. I'd be like, we don't have to do this. I would love to have your business, but I can always find another guy like you. Or I can always find another business like you. You are, you are not unique. And I, and I was very stern with these people and they paid me what I was worth. So there's some stages though to this, right? In the pickup of both clients and of women, you know, you're going to have to introduce yourself. And it's, it's the same thing every time you introduce yourself, you present yourself in such a way, you go through the courting and the dating stage, right? And, and in business, this can, this can be very quickly. You know, the, the dating stage could be quickly or it could be long. It could be, hey, you picked up my free PDF file. You've been following me on YouTube and now you finally schedule a call with me. And now we're going to get to the next part where we're going to kiss them. What we're going to do in the kiss is we're going to give them all the information they need. We're going to give them a free consultation. And at the end, we're going to close them. And the close is the kiss. Now you can close women in, in multiple ways. You can close clients in multiple ways. You can close a client by getting them to commit to something, sign a contract, pay you some money, whatever it is, you can get them to commit. With women, you can kiss them. You can get their number. You can have sex with them. There's, there's all types of closes for that too. And that's why these parallels are so similar. In fact, I'm going to write a book on this someday. I don't know what the point of the book is going to be. Maybe it's going to be for guys that are really good at picking up women. Here's how you be better at sales. And maybe for guys that are better at sales, here's how you pick up women. Because I think it is so interrelated. So then after you kiss them, you're going to get intimate with them in some way, right? So in business, obviously getting intimate means we're going to do a long-term contract, hopefully more than three months, because that's what it takes to get results and really get things cranking up. I tell that to all my clients. And with women, obviously that's getting into a relationship where you know you see each other often, you share life together, you're, you're probably having sex often, that's getting intimate. And then you go, long-term. So long-term with a client is you become an integral part of their business, an integral part of their life. You're a trusted advisor. And quite honestly, they might not be able to continue doing the numbers they're doing without you. I have a friend who is in the final expense life insurance business in Pittsburgh. And for a while, the only business he was getting was from the leads I was bringing in for his business. If he would have lost me, if we would have, if we would have got like into a fight, like you get into in a relationship, and I was like, "Screw you, dude! You're not getting any more leads." I would have basically turned his business off for a little while, and that's kind of like a parallel to a long-term relationship, right? So you you get through all these other stages, and now you're in this this long-term thing where you're you're I don't know, maybe you're even living together, maybe you're trending toward marriage, maybe you're engaged, and you have to be with somebody who's stable enough so you can get into a disagreement, and you're not going to break up over every stupid little thing, and that has to be the same way you do it with clients as well, because I have a client, I'm not going to name him, but he's in New Jersey. He's one of the biggest real estate brokers in that state. And as he's listening to this, he's going to know exactly who he is because he is he has a huge personality. He has a huge ego, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. He deserves to have that huge ego. However, he and I, over the years, have had a lot of disagreements. Uh, you know, over over some some stupid stuff on Facebook that we'd comment on, maybe some political issues, and, and even some stuff in business we just didn't really see eye to eye on. But when it comes down to it, he and I work really well together because we're straight up. We're not like in a long term relationship. We are. I don't talk to him every day, and and I don't deal with him every day. He doesn't pay me like a monthly contract. But when something comes up new, he is always first in line to say, "Hey, I want that too." And so. 
sometimes he'll bring me some opportunities as well. So we're in a long-term relationship that we're probably never going to break up because we have good problem-solving skills together. Our long-term relationship in terms of doing business together overrides any disagreement we have, whether it be political, whether it be stupid topics, whether it be business topics, we can always find a way to work it out. You can do that in a relationship as well. The problem is these days is that it's just so easy to break up. It's so easy to get a divorce. It's so easy to just move on to somebody else because especially with dating apps, right? You're swipe, swiping right, swiping right, swiping right. And I might have a match with like, who knows, 50, 80, 100, 200 people. And I might go out with you and you could do one thing that I don't like. I can be like, that's, I'm not seeing you anymore. I got 80 more people on the list who might not do that thing. They probably won't. Whereas if you don't do it that way, when you actually give someone an opportunity and work through that thing and you talk about that that thing and, and who knows, maybe that could be a great person for you, maybe not too. But what I'm saying here is to kind of summarize this because I know I'm getting to the, the end of the length where people actually pay attention. I know what that length is now because I can see how long you guys watch these podcasts or, or not watch them, but listen to them. I can tell you from experience that all these things I'm telling you are true. I have lived them personally. I have experimented with them. And I can tell you from experience that if you want to be the quote unquote good guy, the nice guy all the time, and people walk on you, you can be a good guy. You can be fair. You can, you can provide good quality service. You can be a good boyfriend. You can be a good husband. You can, you can do all this stuff, but you cannot ever, ever, ever allow somebody to walk on you, to take advantage of you. You can't be too nice because in terms of dating, when you're first starting out, women are just going to lose interest in you. If you're not a challenge, if you, if, if you just won't stick up for yourself, if, if you're always the nice guy, truth is they're just going to lose interest. And, and like my experiment showed, they lost interest really quickly within like two days. They were like, why is this guy so nice? Screw him. Get out of here. But you can also take that too far. I mean, if you go straight up full-blown narcissist on somebody and you're like, ah, it's all about me and I don't give a damn what you say, then obviously you're going to, you're going to ruin it that way too. You do have to have somewhat of a, of a sweet middle. You have to be able to be fully in your in your own presence. You have to be comfortable in yourself. You have to have a frame built. So both in business and in dating, you can bring people into your frame. You can be inviting about that and you can have solid boundaries. People know if they step over these boundaries and that's going to be a problem and you're either going to have to talk about it or you're going to have to end that working relationship or that actual relationship. So anyway, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to conclude this episode of the Lead King podcast. And I just wondered what you all thought about this because I wanted to put these parallels together for a long time. I, I had thought about writing a book about it. I don't really know if it would be much value. It may be. It may be for people who are good at one or the other and they might open the light for them, for lack of a better term. But let me know what you think. This was just some, I don't do podcasts like these very often where I just have these random thoughts and I wanted to put it all together. And I kind of just wanted to put my thoughts out there and, and see what you think about it. And I don't know, maybe it'll be helpful to you. Maybe it'll kick somebody in the butt out there and they'll actually have the balls to walk up to a woman and be themselves and not be a little wuss and say, oh, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever met in my life. I'll do anything for you. How about I walk up and say, hey, my name's Russ. I like you. I think you I think you're pretty attractive and I'd like to get to know you to see if we might like each other and then kind of go from there. That sets a heck of a better standard than walking up and in, in being like all shy and stuff, you know? And you can do the same thing with clients. I don't care if you're cold outreaching in some way with email, with messenger, with whatever you're doing. If you have a solid service to offer and you know that service is going to help them or make them money in some way, boldly approach people, boldly approach them. And you can run, you can boldly approach them through an ad. You can run a webinar, you can run a VSL, you can run a video ad, you can run an image ad, you can, you can do anything you want to do because once you know that you have value, you can 
hold frame. You can you can tell people, hey, listen, this is the value that I have. I would love for you to be a part of it, but you're gonna have to pay for it. The payment price of entry into into my frame. So take something from this, guys. I hope you will, and girls too. I'm sure I'll get some hate for this because I did the 10 person experiment, and that's not very nice. Whatever. You know what? Women go out and do this crap all the time. Y'all go out and you get you get free dinners, and that's your only motivation. I know this because I have had women friends who tell me that they do this, which is ridiculous. But whatever, you do you boo. Is that what they say? This has been a fun podcast episode to make. I would really like to hear some of your feedback. And until next time, this is the Lead King Russ Ward signing off. You've been listening to the Lead King Podcast with Russ Ward. Russ Ward has been through everything. Losing houses, money, a wife, sued by the NFL, tax liens, and through it all has risen from the ashes. Yes, the Lead King Podcast covers tactics and strategies to grow your digital marketing business, acquire clients, and of course, get results. But more than that, we talk about the mindset that's required to endure the frustrations, the failures, and the setbacks of growing a marketing agency. You can reach out to Russ by phone at 813-278-7040. Email Russ at russward at theleadking.com. On Facebook at The Lead King. And on Instagram at Lead King Digital Marketing. And the website is theleadking.com. If you want to grow your digital marketing business from nothing to 10K a month and beyond, and if you want to learn how some of the best in the business did it, you're in the right place. Till next time, this is The Lead King Podcast. Signing off.